fucking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and we are mega preview potting it. Kyle Porter joins me. KP, you are still lurking around Tulsa and looking for any untold stories, flipping over rocks. You're, you're, you're still there. I, could, I couldn't get enough. I mean, uh, I'm in like a really echoey room. I've got my nephew in the other room hollering, so I apologize for uh, any noise. But uh, last week was, was so much fun that uh, I, I stuck around for more. So, um, yeah, we've – and I know we're going to get to Colonial, but I feel like there's just – I wasn't able to be on the podcast at the end on Sunday very long because I had to write and it was I was noisy and whatever. So I'd love to if you have anything left over to, to chat about about the PGA, I'd love to do that. I've actually got a, a question for you also if you want to get sure. To let's I guess let's start there. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so I put this on Twitter on on Monday and I'm really curious about your opinion, which is who ends up with the most majors out of at the end of their career out of Rory, who's got four currently brooks four spieth has three jt uh dj and Morikawa have two and then rom scheffler and uh who else did i put on there oh bryson i'll I'll have one who do you think if you had to bet your life uh, 50 years from now who out of that group has the most majors so i can I would immediately cross off Brooks. It's just he had a quick run and he might win a couple more, but he's got the injury concerns. Like Brooks to me is like the least likely, even though he's already got four. Um, I think the strongest arguments are for guys that have good success at Augusta National because they'll get to play it forever. And that's not a course that will necessarily um, – phase them out as they as they get older so i believe the correct answer uh god is spieth because he already has three and he's going to have a lot of really good like every open championship is probably going to be a good spot for him and the masters is going to be a good spot for him like he's he's going to have a lot of good looks at it are you scared that speed is the right answer there? I'm terrified of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, because logic would say, okay, it's Colin Morikawa. He's already got two. He's very young. JT's got this, this vibe about him, but I don't know. Should JT have more by now? Like I, John Rahm only has one. That's scary. So, so yeah, I, I, I don't love it, but I'm, I'm sure I think speed is the correct answer. So I think actually speed is, is one of my, this is like I love where all these guys are at numbers wise because I think it makes the question really difficult. Right. Like if, if they were all at one or all at two or within one of each other. Right. Like if the Morikawa was at four, he'd be the answer. <laughs> right. The way they're spaced out makes the question, I think, extraordinarily difficult based on how they're all currently playing because the guys that have fewer, it seems like, are charging and the guys that have more are kind of not regressing, but you're kind of like, I don't know, like is, is here. Yeah, here it is. uh, Producer Jacob just pulled it up. If you're on YouTube, I actually think the answer might be Rory. And the reason is, or Brooks. And the reason is like, if they win one more, Mm. 
I think it's kind of over. Like, I don't know that anybody's getting beyond five. Five is just a stupid amount of major championships. And Rory is playing well enough right now that you could envision him winning the Open Championship this year, right? I don't know if that's going to happen. In fact, I think it probably won't. But that is very alluring in terms of just getting one more. If I had to go past that, I think I would go Spieth or Rom. And part of the reason I ask is because everybody just jumps on whoever the most recent major champion is and said, oh, they're going to win seven. And you're like, well, no, they're not because nobody wins seven. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I think we I think it's very easy to forget that Rom is only 27 years old. I think it's very easy to forget that Spieth contends at both the Open and the Masters almost every year, which is terrifying. So if I had to go beyond Rory, I would say either Spieth or Rom. Yeah, I was kind of um, I was kind of assuming the number was like five and a half. Like, like if it's if it's definitely five, Rory. If it's more than that, like Spieth could if Spieth goes on. I can't believe I I fall for this every single time, but he is just like. Yeah, he's going to contend twice a year. And when you contend twice a year and you've got eight years left, you've got 16 times being in contention. Like, okay, he probably wins two or three of those. Producer Jacob, do you have a do you have a take here? Do you have an opinion here on who you think will end up with the most majors out of this group? Uh, I'll, I'll take Colin Morikawa. That was, I mean, that was the consensus just, among replies that I got on Twitter. That was the most, the most, well, that's a very unscientific way of tallying them up. But the most, Nate, like I saw his name more than anybody else. And I just, I don't know, man, like I was watching him this week and I don't know if he can thrive when it's not like perfect conditions. I mean, will it be perfect conditions more time than not, I guess, is the, is the question. I mean, over the long period of a sample size of 50 years ish, you know, like we're, yeah. like we're talking about, Pro- you know, probably. I mean, probably, or, or he's got to assume he's going to be there. He's 24 and he'll figure out how to play in windy conditions at some point. He'll figure out how to play Augusta. <laughs> I mean, he did finish theoretically fifth there this year. I think he just like watching him this week. I was like, does he lack some pop? Not, not obviously off the tee. He's not as long, but even with his irons, he was just getting balls like batted away very easily when I was watching him. Um, but the rebuttal to that is like he should win multiple U.S. Opens, right? And he hasn't even really like contended in that one yet. So I think Morikawa is is the uh, yeah that's an interesting not, answer. Not on this list. Who I would throw out there? I mean, I guess I'm gonna just keep riding this guy forever, Cameron Smith. I mean, if you think about already a player's one and ridiculous con- conditions. Granted, he got the correct side of the draw, but I mean, he plays so well at Augusta he was around this week at the PGA I mean I think that's a name not on this list who might be on there two years from now who, who wins who wins more majors between him and Zalatoris uh, I think Smith just has that dogged mentality that's going to put him skill. there more I think Zalatoris does too though uh, who on this list is definitely not the answer DJ, right? DJ doesn't have time on that's, his side. That's what I. That's what I mean. He's just. He's just. He's not going to have as many prime majors left. He's already two behind Rory. The, like DJ is objectively the wrong answer. I think that's right. I'm. 
I don't know what to do with Bryson on here. Yeah, that's the that's the X factor. <laughs> because I'm like, well, he, he's young. I mean, he's what, 28, 27, something yes. like that. He's 28. Um, but like he he's just so volatile, which I guess is actually kind of a good thing when, when you're talking about this list. But he's also like volatile as a participant where he's in and out and trying side saddle putting and then mm-hmm. you know yelping about driver length i i just he he doesn't seem like the career trajectory is going to be a mess which is super fun to cover but i don't know if it is like great for uh i, I just I, he scares me about like the consistency yeah, and he might reinvent himself three or four more times before the the career's over. So who even like trying to project his future major championship um, uh, results now feels like a fool's errand because if we would have done it five years ago, we never would have given him credit for being potentially great at U.S. Opens because he wasn't that same guy. It's well, and like. If- if you're, yeah, for sure. And if you're predicting Morikawa, you're like, okay, well, I, I kind of know I'm getting 15 years of just taking runs at majors. And if you're predicting Bryson, you're like, I don't know, he might take three years off to like go treasure hunting in the Caribbean, like diving for like lost pirate ships or something. Like I, I have no idea like what I'm, what, what the total I'm getting is. Yeah. Well, you got to assume he's going to miss some time for the presidential run and the campaigning <laughs> and all that stuff. <laughs> Like that's that takes a lot of time and energy, but I guess maybe I mean hey he's got to travel around. Maybe he could make the campaign stops around tour stops, play <laughs> campaign, play campaign. I think that'd be smart. They travel around be, anyway. Who would be Bryson's VP? Uh, Harry Higgs. Oh, that would <laughs> SMU, be SMU guy. You get Harry yeah. Higgs, e- eternally likable. Right. He could go. Imagine the campaigning Harry Higgs would be able to do on behalf of Bryce. He's not that bad, guys. I know him really well. He's I know he wants to be the smartest guy in the room, but don't worry about that. Harry Higgs is the guy. Yeah, he could tell stories about like qualifying with Bryson when we were 20 years old. And, yeah. Yeah. But Harry Higgs could maybe talk me into voting for Bryson. That's how, <laughs> That's how much I like Harry Higgs. Um, we will uh, transition this a little bit here. We'll, we can still do a little bit of, of PGA Championship stuff because Justin Thomas uh, is playing at Colonial, which I thought we were going to get that uh, Tuesday morning phone or that Wednesday or Monday morning phone call. Like, all right, well, it's been fun. I'll uh, catch you guys down the road a little bit. But as of right now, seems like JT going to rock out at uh, Colonial and he you know, in the aftermath, Kyle, you know, he, he's got this 24 hour rule, right? He gives himself 24 hours to celebrate and then it's and then it's back to business, which I guess when you've won as often as he does, um, I, I don't know if there's going to be any lingering effects of, of what we saw from him last week or if he just did, realizes, hey, we are in the middle of a critical stretch of golf uh, on our schedule. Like, I'm just going to head down and grind this thing out. Yeah, you know, I think if I was a major champion, uh, which I'm not, as everybody knows, uh, I think I would enjoy playing the week after a major win. Because, like, it's one of the few times where you're like, I don't, like, you you, you have to feel so free to just do whatever. Not, not, I mean that, like, on the golf course. Just to, it's like, I don't, Phil did this last year, right, where he plays Colonial, the week after he wins at uh, the PJ at Kiowa. And it was like, 
he literally said, I don't care if I miss the cut. I'm the PGA champion. And Phil is a little looser with stuff like that. But I think if you're JT, you're like, I'm just going to go out and enjoy my four rounds. And and sometimes I feel like that just frees guys up to play the the best, like their best. Like I think about Rory a lot when I think about that. Something like that would free him up to be awesome where you're not thinking about it. You don't care. You just won the PGA. That's a big deal. I, I think that is um, – I think we could see some really good golf from JT this week in a different way than we saw it at the PGA because he was super locked in and so intense, but almost just a freed-up version of him to kind of hit whatever shots he wants, and if he's on, then he could he could win again. Uh, TJ in the chat, Lakers Taylor, uh, asked about JT's whoop data. Did you see this, Kyle? I did not. I have okay. not so whoop whoop let us know that the night uh going into the final round justin thomas recorded a 100 percent sleep performance which let me tell you from experience that's hard to do he spent nine hours and 50 minutes in bed which is an hour and a half more than his 30-day average and he got two and a half hours of rem cycle sleeping so well rested going into sunday i have two two things about that number one I want this to be available for every single player so that I have access to it. So I know who it was out until 3 a.m. the night before drinking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think it's a lot easier to sleep when you're seven shots back going into a Sunday. Show me Mito Pereira's whoop data. Yeah. Mito's data does not look that, look like that. My data does not look like that. I don't think I got two and a half hours of REM sleep the entire week. Did you see Mito's quotes after, uh, after the final round? Well, I, 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 heard him say to um, Amanda Renner, like, Hey, I expected on Monday. I like my expectation on Monday was to make the cut, which yeah. I think is a super healthy way to look at what most people will say was a meltdown and that he choked it away or all these other adjectives that we want to use. But um, yeah, I think that's a very good perspective to have. Cause he's right. Like there, there, there was not an expectation he was going to win that golf tournament until I don't know the last quarter of it. Well, the thing that was interesting to me, I, I did hear that, and that was interesting. But also, he said, you know, I, I thought on, I thought on Thursday I was nervous. I, that was his what second major, third major? I think it was his second, second major. Yeah. And then I thought on Friday that I was nervous, and then Saturday I was like, wow, I'm really nervous. And then Sunday was just like a disaster, and not not in terms of the golf, although it was. But he was talking more about how nervous he was uh, playing in the final round. And that's something that, you know, I didn't, and JT said this actually in his, in, when we were talking to him afterwards was like, he was like, I knew, I know how like nervous I was to win at Quail Hollow in 2017. And I had already been winning a bunch on the, on the PGA tour. He didn't say that, but it was sort of implied. So he was like, I knew how nervous these guys that had not won before would be. And I didn't really, I, I didn't take that into account, you know, because we had just seen Scheffler like not kick away the Masters. And I, th- I feel like in recent years, we haven't seen a ton of guys just melt down at major championships. Now, the guys that have not that have that have like stayed the course and won are kind of like they're stars. And maybe that's the reason that they're stars. Right. But I didn't, I didn't fully take into account on Saturday night that the four guys at the top didn't have any winning experience, didn't really have any major or didn't have any closing experience, whether in majors or on the PGA Tour. And that just really – I didn't think that would affect everybody, I guess, but 
that sort of was how it went, especially at the very top with with Cam Young and uh, and Mito. I was not expecting basically all of the non no win guys to kind of falter. Uh, but hey, that's that's why winning's hard. I don't think we got a chance to talk about this on Sunday, Kyle. But um, five under got you into a playoff. Could you imagine whispering to Rory McIlroy when he was four under through five or something, and he was at four under par, like? You just need one more to get into a playoff. He he would have had no idea that he was that close to getting to a playoff. Like if he could have just, I, I just feel like he he got off to such a hot start and then never made another birdie after I think the fourth hole, probably thinking he needed much deeper than than where he was already at. Well, you know, everybody was hollering after the tournament about like, well, if Rory shoots 70, 70, 70, he's in a playoff. And I was yelling like, he was at four under on Sunday. It's not like, like forget about what happened Friday, Saturday. Uh, he he could have he, he could have. I mean, he just he's got to be so frustrated. And I, and I think ah, there's a lot of different things that I think about this. But like one of the things is um, it. I think it and and JT talked about this. It feels at majors. Max Homa's talked about this also. Like you have to be perfect. And I think, I mean, JT hit a shank on Sunday. Yeah. And won a major championship. He hit a shot. It was 108 yards to unknown, which is like, I'm going to have a shirt made up. (laughs) (laughs) But it feels like, and I wanted to ask Rory this. I saw him briefly before his round, but I wanted to ask him what he thought he had to shoot on Sunday to win. And I guarantee you he would have said like 63 or, or something like around there. And I guarantee you he thought that, as he's playing 17 and shipping it over the the back of the, you know, like all these different scenarios that play out on Sunday. And he, and you probably like, you can't play for like, Oh, well, f- if I get to five, maybe it, like you, I, I don't know that you can play that way while you're out there and there's so many guys behind you, but in retrospect, it's, um, it's easy to, it, it, it yeah, it would have gotten it done. I did communicate with him. So he skipped media on, Saturday and Sunday. Is that right? Sounds right. And so I just asked him like, Hey, if you were feeling elation after the Masters, shooting 64 in the final round, what are you feeling this time around? And he just said dejection. And that was, Mm. I mean, it was kind of sad. It was just a bummer because it's like he, he had not really over the course of his career experienced other than the Masters in 2011 leading from out in front at a major and then completely like dropping all the way back to not really being in contention by Sunday. When he leaves from out in front at a major, that's a wrap. Like it's over. Uh, Vince Carter gif, and that just has to be such a deflating. Like you, you keep backing up and backing up uh, to the rest of the field. So I don't know. I could talk about this PGA forever. It was it was such a good one. But I know we've got uh, we've got a we've got a guest to get in here. Not a guest. We've got one of the primary components of the first guy podcast to get in here yeah let me uh add another voice here to the conversation it's him it's the coach what's going on coach i gotta be honest i'm a little bit uh uh conflicted today because we have to be professional we have to move on to the charles Schwab. this is what we do and that's the beauty of it but i'll be honest with you i'm a little bit dejected that mark was able to cash the one and done but i've moved past it i needed a day so I'm good. So let's continue. He's like he's like JT with the 24 hour rule. Hey, coach, 
we we saw each other in person on Friday and Saturday or Thursday and Friday. Yes. Was I taller or shorter than you thought I would be? I thought you were absolutely the, the exact height I thought you would be. <laughs> of course, of course, Coach uh, is touting his prognostication. You were exactly that height and that weight. I knew you'd exact. I nailed it. I nailed he actually, it. He actually won money on that in Vegas. He guessed <laughs> him what, what my height was. I will say this, and, and I, I don't want to ruin the flow, but this actually happened. I never thought in real life that time could stand still, but it did. It did. I looked up as I was packing my bag. There was KP getting ready for his live shot, and then if you just pan ever so slightly, about five feet to the left, there was one single solitary bag on the ground. AT&T was the main sponsor. Then he had two guys standing on the practice putting green or chipping green waiting for one player. That was all that was there. Those three human beings. Time stood still because it was Jordan Spieth's back, his caddy, and his coach waiting for KP's favorite player, favorite human of all time. I didn't know what was going to happen. It was like watching one of those nature videos. Like, what's going to happen? Anything could happen right now. I actually, I plan my, I plan my hit <laughs> times around when uh, Spieth would be, uh, would be warmed apparently, up. So. Apparently so. It was awesome. It was awesome to see, and it was great to, uh, to finally be around KP in person. Yeah, it, was, it was fantastic. Uh, Bryson coach, well, I'm going to throw you right in the fire here on Bryson DeChambeau. He is, um, still currently in the field. Now I think there is still kind of 50, 50 of whether he's going to play or not. Cause if you remember, uh, he played three practice rounds at Southern Hills and then decided to withdraw from the PGA championship. Uh, there is really no risk for him being out there at colonial. He's a Dallas guy. I mean, he plays three rounds. It's not like he's flown in and it's it's this big ordeal i imagine he's going to see how the hand feels before uh he tees it up or decides whether to tee it up but this is as kyle and i were talking about such an important stretch of golf especially as we're leading into a a, a u.s open a, a, an event that should maybe not this one at brookline but u.s open should be great for bryson and he's done absolutely nothing this year yeah it, it's and, and that's a great line uh, that's exactly what he has done, which means for somebody who is so completely hyper uh, competitive, that's got to be driving him nuts. I think that's the only reason that at this point he's still doing or trying the showing up. Let's we'll see how it feels. And then maybe I can go on Thursday morning. I think it's very and, and maybe this is my my betting side of me coming out that gets very frustrated. I don't know. But for all these players that show up and then oh, I'm not going to play on late Wednesday night or starting the tournament. And then withdrawing on the morning of the route, the first round. And that's very frustrating because you take a, a tournament away or an event away from somebody else. For Bryson, he's such a big star. I don't mind him doing this. But if you can't play last week, then what makes you think you can show up and play this week with a couple of practice rounds? I don't get that, but I understand him wanting to try. But it could not have been a worse scenario for Bryson you have the injury, have the surgery, and have so many of the other players playing well, he's got to feel like they're just literally racing by him, and he is standing still. Yeah, if you look at the results and the metrics, Kyle, it's it's ugly stuff. I mean, he's losing strokes across the board, even with the driver. I guess the hope is that the injury is the reason for the bad play. And if you fix the injury you fix the bad play. Yeah, I guess I just don't know what the like what's the upside of of like tr like playing before 
I mean, he's basically trying to play before he's fully ready, right? Correct. And I don't know what the upside is there. Is it just to like get rounds in before the U.S. Open? I don't. I don't understand why he doesn't just wait until. Okay, like I'm ready. I'm playing Memorial, and we don't have to like do the song and dance for three days or whatever. I. I I don't know. I, I'm curious about the reason for that. I think he's still one of those guys that you're like, okay, is he part of the live golf stuff? Like what's, and then he had that weird interview last week where he was like, everybody deserves second chances. And you're like, what does that mean? Like, what, yeah. what are we talking about your wrist? Are we talking about like, I don't know. There's just, there's a lot going on there. I just, the Tigers, like when we talk about Tiger, like, is he going to play? Isn't he? That is a worthwhile thing to talk about because Tiger's literally trying to like get his body right for four days at a tournament. I don't want to do that every week with Bryson. I barely want to do it with Tiger. I don't mind it because it's Tiger, but with Bryson, I don't want I don't want to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Is he going to play? Isn't he? Just show up at Memorial or U.S. Open or whatever and play, and let's let's move on. Scotty Scheffler back in action this week, coach. And um, I, I said the best thing that happened about Scotty missing the cut of the PGA Championship is we can just end the heater conversation. Now this is just this is just a season for Scotty, and he is uh, going going to Texas, well rested. His missed cut, if you look at the metrics, wasn't all that bad. He gained strokes on approach. He just kind of lost some strokes putting. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, maybe a little bit of a mini reset for Scotty Scheffler after having one of the best first halves of the season ever. And once again, Rick, I would completely disagree with you on the heater comment. I think you are dead wrong because if you watched him play last week, he was heated a whole bunch <laughs> in those first two rounds. He got hot. He had a temperature that we've never seen before. True. So for me, the reset I think was real. And I really believe that part of the reason guys that we, uh, saw the frustration come out in that anger is because he was really feeling the pressure of putting together a historic season. And when you get to that point where, where you start to read all the headlines and you, you know, you turn on the TV and everybody's talking about what you've done that only Tiger Woods has done, or you're showing the graphic that you've done uh, something that, you know, David Duvall and two dudes from the fifties did. That's crazy. You and that's crazy. you and Horton Smith have done it. <laughs> Yeah, that's like crazy. So I think that that this has got that pressure now off of his shoulders. You can get past that second major. So now the Grand Slam talk for anybody who is doing it is over. And I think you are spot on that we're going to see a new fresh Scheffler that could contend this week. It was interesting, Kyle, to see Scotty all uh, all hot and bothered, something that you don't usually see. And we have seen a couple of things. Got some guys, uh, when they're on a run like he's on, sometimes they'll get outspoken. Sometimes they'll get more um, animated on the golf course. I'm thinking of like when Patrick Cantlay was on his heater and then he just started becoming like this media darling. It was giving all these great quotes and he was feeling himself. Like guys, guys feel differently in the moment. Scotty was... Scotty was hot under the collar uh, for not playing well. And you you do wonder um, if it is a little bit of pressure or if just he wasn't happy with his play. Well, I'm curious. So a couple of things that are going on, you know, he, he has talked about how like, listen, I, I just won the masters. I just won four tournaments. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be competitive anymore. Right. Like he, he, he's talked about, I'm mega competitive. And <clears throat> I guess my question is, was this what he was doing this time last year? He just didn't have cameras on him 
for every single shot, right? Of because he wasn't the number one player in the world, he wasn't necessarily contending. I, I don't, I don't know that it's necessary. I don't know if it's new because I didn't watch every single shot of Scotty Scheffler's from two years ago or, or whatever. But I think that it is sort of the byproduct of like when you are like crazy competitive like that. When it's going well, it goes well, and when it's going badly, and you have cameras on you twenty four seven, that stuff's going to get picked up, right? And so I, I don't, I don't know that. I think there's like some uh, sense that everything got like compacted emotionally, like you just jam all this emotion and like all these like lifelong dreams into three months, and there has to be some like, okay, I got to have a release for this. Um, and so I think that's a little bit of it, but I think he's also just like a super competitive guy. Then when it doesn't go badly and you've got a camera on you for every single shot, like that stuff's just going to come out every once in a while. I like it. I don't mind it. We'll see uh, how he plays this week at Colonial. But gentlemen, I think it's time we'll transition to our best bets and picks. We'll offer up our one and done selections. The fan vote, it's been completed. I have the results in hand. Good job to the fans. They got their votes in early. We're going earlier than usual. We got uh, more votes than usual. So well done, fans. Uh, We'll get into the best bets. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And we're back. Best bets, gents. This is where we go over to Caesar Sportsbook. We scour every square pixel of the website. We find the best possible wager that we can. Coach, I'll start here with you. You have a head-to-head matchup, and you have it featuring a golfer that we saw in the playoff last week. Yeah, this is something I like to do after majors because it's an it's a big reset for all of us, even in from the golf betting uh, perspective. And to me, the hardest thing to do is to recover from a really hard emotional week. And Will Zalatoris, not only did he have a long week, but he lost in a playoff, which is even more disappointing. He said all the right things, but I don't think he's going to come motivated. And Victor Hovland is supremely motivated this week. Minus 120, I'll take it. Victor Hovland over Will Zalatoris. Uh, KP, I went with Taylor Gooch over Tony Finau. I got even money on it. I'm a little bit worried about Tony Finau. Like, he is still a very good player. He's having basically the worst season he's had in his career uh, in terms of strokes gained. He is not... Okay, question for you, Kyle. Where does where do you think Tony Finau ranks in driving distance this season? Oh, well, since you're asking, I bet it's low. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so the 2021-2022 season. Correct. And we're looking at the the two drives, not the average of all drives. That is correct. 
Uh, I will say 34th. 34th. And you assumed that was on the low side because of the question that I was presenting you. Correct. 74th. What? This is like the first time in his career he's outside the top 10. He's he's not he's not that long anymore. And he is has never been accurate. And he's having the worst. He's still gaining a half a stroke per round. He's still like 50th on tour in strokes gained, but that is the worst run he's had in like five years. So I don't know if it's an outlier, if it's just some bad golf, if this is the tail end of it. I don't know, but it is noteworthy to me that this is like the worst season we've had from him in five years. Yeah, I think that would be interesting to ask him about. Uh I don't think he did media at the PGA, but if he does it at the U.S. Open, that, that would be an interesting question. Like, not not like why are you playing bad? Because I think that you know why are you so bad? <laughs> yeah, why do you suck? But no, like what? Like I think guys and and coaches experience this. Like I I think it's and and you have too, Rick, just from having guys on this podcast. Guys love talking about like nerdy golf stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God. Right. Where where you can be like, okay, what like. Like you asked Sam Burns that, uh, Rick, where it's like, okay, why did your, uh, what was the question? Why did your strokes gain approach improve so much? Like, did yeah, you start something- trying, to, trying to hit a different shot? Wasn't yeah, that something it? like that? And his eyes lit up. Like when you could talk about the nerdy stuff, they're like, okay, cool, let's let's do it. Totally, and it, and it gains you credibility, I think. With okay, I don't we'll just want to talk about like your life of fame and for you know whatever. Like they don't want to talk about that stuff, but they would love to talk about you know, how many strokes they're gaining from 180 yards and in or whatever. So uh, I think that would be an interesting question. I've got similar to coach. I, 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 I don't mind playing guys the week after a major, as long as they weren't in contention, because it's not playing four rounds that takes a lot out of you. It is the emotional weight of being in contention. So like, if you want to bet against Mito Pereira this week, that's a good bet. Not because he blew the tournament, but because emotionally he's got to be cooked, like just completely dead. I went with Colin Morikawa over Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Morikawa was not in contention last week. I'm not worried about him being that tired. He plays this golf course really well. Scotty Scheffler's got a miscut and a T55 in his two appearances here. And Morikawa's got two top 10. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting good odds on it and a better player uh, specifically on this golf course. Morikawa over Scotty Scheffler plus 120. So three matchups there for our best bets. Let's go to the grid. The picks will go through sleepers, top 10 wagers and winners. Thank you, Jacob coach. Your sleeper at 70 to one is who it's Ryan Palmer. And this is a guy that, that gets up to play in the state of Texas. He doesn't hide from it. He's very vocal about it, uh, but he's yet, to win in the state of Texas. So the motivation at his age is completely still there. Uh, I picked him, I think, for a top 20 two weeks ago, which he cashed uh, easily, I might add. Uh, And I think this week he's a live dog at uh, plus 7,000. He's a member here, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a a member at Colonial, so certainly uh, has the inside knowledge. And Ryan Palmer is 70 to 1 this week. I went a little bit longer, JT Poston. Uh, you can only really get access to posting on golf courses uh, that ask you to be accurate off the tee. RBC Heritage, TPC Potomac. Those are two of his best finishes this year. Colonial, tree-lined. You got to play out of the fairway. I'll take posting at, at 125 to 1. KP, your sleeper uh, has won this event before. He's won this event. He played great last week on a course that 
Ryan Palmer and Jordan Spieth called Colonial on steroids. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love forgot the, about that. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I love the uh, kind of converging uh, trends there with uh, Chris Kirk this week at, uh, at, at Colonial. Yeah, finished uh, fifth last week. He's won this event. This event has gone through so many name changes. Do you want to? We should play that game. How, what oh. were the previous names of this event? Well, I I played in the pro am when it was like the uh, it was a hotel. It was like the Embassy Suites Open. You're close. You're close. <laughs> the Crown Plaza Invitational. It was the Crown Plaza. Crown Plaza. Yep. Uh, then it had two years as Dean and DeLuca, which if you know what Dean and DeLuca does, I'll give you a million dollars if you know what kind of company that is. I asked the same question the year they were doing. I think I know. And I what it was. I think I know. The jeweler would know. Think of his comes to claim his million dollars. <laughs> yeah, catering. if you got a million, I'm, I'll take they're it. They're a caterer. Well, I think they're a caterer. bit more like a, like a luxury like craft food store type of a thing like i remember getting some like chocolate covered espresso beans that were dean and deluca so i think it's kind of like uh like a ultra condensed fresh market type of a vibe they got like a fresh deli in there i think yeah you're close i'll give you i'll 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 buy out for a dollar i'll send you a dollar it's an upscale an upscale grocery store oh no wonder they're not a sponsor anymore (laughs) god their headquarters coach their headquarters, Wichita, Kansas. Are they still up and running? Oh, I hope so. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have no uh, idea. I, I, my first job was in Wichita. I was just there two weeks ago. I've never heard of Dean and DeLuca, so it is what it is. They have 30, I, hope, I hope they are. I hope for all the people there that they are. They have 37 locations, which doesn't sound like enough. So we went to Dean and DeLuca. Then we didn't have a sponsor, and it was just the yeah. Fort Worth Invitational for that one year. Now we've got yeah. Charles Schwab. So we're back to the financial stuff because before Crown Plaza, it was Bank of America, MasterCard. It was for one year, Tom Lehman won. It was called the Colonial National Invitation. Not invitational, invitation. Sure. Southwestern Bell. This thing has gone through nine different names. I wonder what I wonder what event this 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 one actually might be it. What event has had the most different, like the Sony open has been the Sony open for like 60 years. This one has to have had the most different title sponsors. Cause the it's American around. express. That was like the Humana. It was the yeah. desert classic. It I think was like, yeah. Bill Clinton was like the, t- the title sponsor. Yeah. It was like the Bill Clinton open or something. There's some outrageous ones. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, God. that's a different, that's a different episode. Uh, top 10 yeah coach your top 10 uh is playing like a top 10 player he is in the zone right now who is it yeah he had a great finish too tommy fleetwood and he's also a guy that's really struggled the last couple of years and so uh he's kind of sneaking up on people normally you wouldn't get him uh, at this number for a top 10 uh but his form has not been good for the last year or two, but recently, yes, I love this play. And he had a fantastic day on Sunday. He made a lot of money in 18 holes on Sunday. And I think he'll carry over into a really solid week this week. Yeah, he really did make a lot of money. Flew up the leaderboard on Sunday. I went with HV3 plus 450. And there are a lot of nerdy data through lines for Colonial Kyle that revolve around playing the horrible horseshoe well, playing the long par threes well, something that winners generally do. 
HV3 checks all of those boxes. I'm terrified. Like when he's going to be in the final group on Sunday, I'm I'm worried about that. But I figure just hang on. Let's get yourself a T9, cash this ticket, and we'll check out next week. So you will not be pleased to hear this, but we had a long discussion uh, over tacos on Friday night about who has our least favorite golf swings on the PGA Tour. And HV3 was prominently involved in that. Uh, Webb Simpson. Webb's up there. Um, there was- I don't know how – Webb Simpson looks like he shanks it every time he hits the golf ball. It looks like he is – Right. It looks like he's accelerating. Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Most guys accelerate on the downswing. It, it, it's so bizarre. It, it hits the ground and then it looks like his follow through is faster than his swing was. That's a little bit how Varner is too, though, because he gets to impact and then he almost like whips. It. He like, he like yeah. pivots his body all the way around. And yeah. it looks like if I tried to do that, I would, I would be in the hospital after like three attempts. It looked impossible. Like you can't physically do it. And I don't know if I love watching it, but he is somehow able to do it. So, uh, how about how about a swing you do like to watch? Is your top ten? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, great transition. Colin Morikawa plus two hundred. This seemed a little bit longer than it should be, given. I mean, I know he wasn't great at the PGA last week, but given his history at Colonial, uh, it is a pretty good field, though. So I think that played into it a little bit. It was a, it's a kind of a shockingly good field, given it's the week after a major. Uh, but yeah, I like I like Morikawa to top ten again this year. I think he's he's done it the last I think two years uh, at this or the last two times he's played this this golf tournament. Yeah, that Tulsa to Fort Worth is like 250 miles, so very very good for getting uh, some of the big boys to to come over. Picks to win. I'll get out of the way here. Uh, Max Homa 25 to one for me. I'm I'm all in. I, I'm a Max Homer believer. I'm a stan. The metrics love him. He wins. This should be a better setup for him than most places. I'm in on Homa at 25 to one. Coach, you have gone with a golfer at 35 to one, uh, who was deep into that Oklahoma State narrative last week. Who is it? Yeah, I, I don't even feel good about this one at all, to be honest. Uh, Taylor Gooch, and he was in the mix for I, I mean, if you call eight back in the mix uh, for a little bit of the weekend. Um, I don't know. I had no good feels, and it's such a good field. I didn't want to pick a big name. Um, I'm, I'm regrouping. Uh, so I'm going to go with Taylor Gooch. I think he's a, a really good, solid pick. Uh, Taylor Gooch knocked himself out of that like little mini slump. He had that one bad event after he came back from Zurich, and now he's now he's back to normal. So uh, all signs pointing in the right direction for Taylor Gooch. And Kyle, um, to the surprise of absolutely no one, you have selected uh, Jordan Spieth to win this event, and I got to tell you, it's coming, dude. I'm like, I, again, I am just all, I'm just all in on this guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not concerned about what happened at the PGA. I think if you flip the order of the PGA and the Byron Nelson, a lot more people would be picking him this week. Uh, it was just two weeks ago that he played great at the Nelson. He plays great on this golf course. Uh, I am worried about the putting. There was somebody in the comments asking, uh, well, where was that? Oh, yeah, it was up a little further. Can you give us the last five uh, Jordan Spieth putting weeks? I can do that. Uh, He was minus – so this is strokes gained per round. Minus 0.7 at PGA, plus 0.4 at the Nelson. He finished second. Minus 0.6 at the RBC Heritage. He won somehow. That's impossible, but he did. Uh, Minus 0.6 at the Masters. He missed the cut. And minus 1.8 at the Texas Open where he finished T35. 
None of that is encouraging. Uh, but I guess I'm going on the fact that he can, like, I mean, the Nelson was basically, he putted decently and he almost won. So that's sort of, I feel like, what you're getting from him right now uh, based on how he's hitting it. So I'm betting that Jordan Spieth is going to putt well at a place where he's always putted well, which is uh, Colonial. Okay. So I have not sent out my email newsletter yet, but I have a nugget in here for you, Kyle. Okay. This is behind the scenes. You get it first, an exclusive. That stretch that you just defined from Jordan Spieth, and actually going back to Torrey Pines, 34 rounds, 34 measured rounds. It's the worst 34-round putting stretch of his career. We are in it right now. However, uh, what's the saying? Uh, An immovable object and an unstoppable force or whatever? Because Jordan Spieth, of every single golf course on the PGA Tour, putts the best at Colonial. 36 rounds, he gains nearly nine-tenths of a stroke per round. So if there was ever a time to break out of the worst putting slump you've ever been in, to the going to the course that you put better at than any other course like that's that's this week i mean i'm i'm actually like still really excited about his next three months because i just don't he can't put it this poorly for this long maybe he can maybe he will i i don't know but he's not that bad of a putter and i just feel like guys are not going to stay in a slump like that for forever And, and I could be wrong about that, but that just seems to be the kind of the uh, that that's how I'm viewing the rest of his summer. Gooch, Homa, Spieth for us as the winners, which gentlemen leaves us with just one final thing to do. It is our one and done segment. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. And we're back. One and done. Uh, I have the fan vote. So the fan, actually, I think this might be the most votes we've gotten. And it was the earliest we've gone. So I think I just need to put the fear of God into these people, Coach. Like, if you don't get your pick in before tomorrow morning, uh, you're not getting anybody. I've learned from running our little brand called The Early Edge to where it is that if you don't do that, they won't move. (laughs) They literally will not move. You have to threaten them with their collective golf betting lives. (laughs) <laughs> it's good to know. I'll start threatening them more often. So uh, third place vote for the fans with 12.3% of the vote. They have not chosen Harold Varner, the third. Okay. In second place, this is kind of an interesting name. This is a name we have not said once on this show with 13% okay. of the vote. The fans did not choose Daniel Berger who won I this don't... event in 2020 coach, but he's kind of, oh, yeah. 
This was the first event out of COVID that people remember. This was the first event out of COVID, and he beat Colin Morikawa in a playoff. Yeah, and Morikawa lipped one out, I think, in regulation from like three and a half feet. And then he missed another one in the playoff, I think. Yeah. Yep. And the strength of field was basically a major championship because everyone was playing it. Everybody played, everybody played that week. Yeah. The fans with 20.8% of the vote have chosen for their one and done Max Homa. That. That's it. I think Max is like a top 10 player in the world right now. Don't, have to, don't have to twist but my I arm. I think he's on the back end of the heater, so to speak. So I do not think he is a good pick this week because of the recent run that he's been on. I think he's going to gas out. I think he's going to flame out. And nothing against him. I just think that this is the back end of that. It's, uh, you should have got him two or three weeks ago. The fans? Sorry, Kyle. Real quick, uh, Data Golf has Max Homer ranked 20th in the world. And Dustin Johnson ranked 23rd. And Spieth ranked 26th. How about that? Who's ranked like 15th? I think that's accurate. Who's ranked? I think that's accurate. Uh, 10 to 15 is Hovland, Burns, Zalatoris, Hideki, Morikawa, Sungjae, Fleetwood, Terrell Hatton, Connors, Neiman. Okay. That's kind of hard to argue with. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> okay. Sia Najad, uh, who is... Needing a miracle at this point. Okay, so he is, oh boy, <laughs> 7 million bucks behind. He needs both major championships. He's going to need a couple of playoff events. He's going to need them all. Has gone with Victor Hovland. Uh, KP, you have uh, created a little bit of a tier of your own between Sia and the fans. Who are you rolling with this week? Well, I might be getting Jason Kokrak in his last ever PGA Tour event before the Live Golf series starts. See, that was stupid, Kyle. You should have saved him for the Live Golf because we had no we <laughs> we have no rules anymore. Everything's we're going rogue. So you should have taken Jason Kokrak in London and gotten the four million bucks for first. Well, I'm saving Robert Garius for London. So smart. smart. Yeah, so we're we're good there. I'm 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 I feel good about it. Mark's we're getting, we're getting murdered here. I'm so I didn't get a chance to to weigh in either. I'm so annoyed that that Mark got JT last week. He didn't even oh. he didn't even he was not even excited about it. No, no, it's beyond annoying. It's 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 maybe one of the the most annoying feelings I've ever had in my professional life. To be up, <laughs> we can. That's get- how annoying. We can make his head explode and start adding the live golf events. That would be all, he oh. will he will not be happy. What if I send out an official email? And make it look like we're really gonna make do it look that. like a press release. Like oh my oh so so done done and done done and done. Let's go. KP oh my god three point six million the fans four point nine Greg four point nine two has gone with Taylor Gooch which coach that is also your selection although you are. Uh, closer to the top of the board than Greg is. Yeah, and it, it was just basically kind of what I do. Whoever I think is going to win that particular week, I'll go with my one and done. Uh, it doesn't always match up, uh, but this week it does. Again, I don't feel great about this pick, but the one thing I'm not going to do is quit. We still have two majors left. We still have a lot of points. Both of those majors will have over $2 million in prize money. So this thing is not over. It is not over by a long shot. That is true. There is a lot of money uh, left out there. We we do the tour championship where there's a lot of money at the top. So there's there's a lot of money left. 
I went with Will Zalatoris. Um, I am a little bit worried about whatever you want to call it, the hangover. I just think he's really good. It's the way my schedule is working out that I kind of need to play him right now, and I'm happy to be doing so by myself. So I'm going with Will Zalatoris. Jacob, um, if if this was a sports book and it was, you know, uh, without Mark, you'd be the favorite at the top of this. Uh, who have you gone with? I'm going with Jordan Spieth this week. You guys have sung his praises. I had him on the board, was contemplating stashing him for the Open, but I still got Rom and DJ around for that, so I'm hoping maybe one of those guys will be in enough form by the time we get to St. Andrews. Uh, I also have Tiger on the board still available as well, so I mean, we could all just universally slam Tiger at the Open. Uh, And then Mark, who is basically $4 million clear, has gone with Abraham Answer which honestly he could probably pick anybody this week. It doesn't matter. And I hate that you can say that. I hate <laughs> that you can say that because the one thing you never <laughs> want to do is have somebody in the lead of a contest you are in that has never won anything a day in his life because he is going to be insufferable. In, su- in fact, I may quit the show. I might, I might quit the I mean, the good the good news is if if Jacob, myself, Coach, even Greg, like win the one point six million, it's now it it at least you know it at least makes it interesting. Yeah, it does. We got to start rooting for each other. He's having he's having a Scheffler like season. (laughs) He really is. It's it really is. Or or is he having a Mito like performance and he is going to melt down and take. 12 more zeros the rest of the way. Well, I thought that's what was happening after the after January 1. But Yeah, he was bad <laughs> after January 1, and then he, he got just, He just eagled 17, so we're in trouble. He really did. Mm. And he does not have the Mito 18 swing in his bag when it comes to one and done. <laughs> the electrocution. Uh. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it now? Yeah, the electro- well, I was walking with somebody that said it looked like he got electrocuted at impact. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. At time at the worst time the checks i felt so bad for him it yeah i thought he handled it really well i feel like i'm like rooting for him now like i want him to go win a bunch based on how he handled everything i agree i agree probably will very good golfer uh all right gents that'll do it for our mega preview pod round by round recaps coming after each and every round of this week's charles schwab challenge but for now big thanks to producer jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes that right there is the coach you can find him on twitter at the coach rules kyle porter who you can find at kyle porter cbs and you can find me at rick run good this has been the first cut we'll catch you next time